Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. In today's attachment episode, we're going to keep kind of going through the primary fears and how to manage overcoming those. Specifically today, we're going to talk about rejection and rejection sensitivity. Now, everyone at some point in their lives has experienced rejection and knows what that feeling is like. Some people, on the other hand, are hypersensitive and hypervigilant of the potential of being rejected and it can cause some serious responses and issues in their personal well-being as as well as their relationships. So rejection is something that creates a lot of fear and anxiety for some a lot of times in social settings Um, and rejection sensitivity which is kind of this I don't know if I want to say condition but this this deep-seated fear of being rejected by people um, close to you especially people that you love and care about can be really high in those who experience rejection fairly early on in their lives Um, and it can you can come from a really great family um, and not have necessarily like serious dysfunction or trauma or anything like that and still have rejection sensitivity if you're adopted that could be something that's that's kind of lies dormant even if you have a great family if you have uh, lost a parent early on in your life it can lead to um, rejection sensitivity so there's a lot of different ways that this can be um, kind of apparent in the way that you see the world and respond Oftentimes, those who deal with rejection sensitivity will, because they're hypervigilant, kind of be on the lookout for uh, things to go wrong and interpret mild negative social cues um, out of sometimes things that are not as serious as they are, if that makes sense. So um, it's that hypervigilance that makes that person kind of jump to those conclusions. And we'll talk about how that can become problematic in relationships, right? So if someone doesn't text, you know, a person back very quickly, that could be something that happens to trigger that rejection sensitivity. Um, And then it leads to all of these ways of thinking about oneself and thinking about the other person. Some people will get upset, will get mad um, at the other person and, and, and feel and begin to blame or feel um, slighted by them, ignored, or they will go internally and be upset with themselves feeling, you know, maybe like they're um, not worthy, not acceptable, things like that, okay? And so rejection is something, again, like we all face. However, for some people, it is at a heightened state that has the potential to cause a physiological response, that fight, flight, or freeze response um, when triggered. And being able to know about that helps to be able to kind of foresee obstacles and instances that it would be more likely that it would come up for you and how to navigate around that. So... um, so yes, we're going to dive into that a little bit more and how it affects relationships. Now, like I mentioned, because there's this hypervigilance, um, it's almost as if someone is looking to be offended, looking for opportunities to be offended, as opposed to you know, looking for opportunities to be 
I don't know, loved and cared about and all of that fun, you know, gooey, mushy stuff. (laughs) So we're perceiving threats. Our threat detection level is much higher when we're in that space, um, kind of anticipating a threat, trying to avoid it. And sometimes that turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy. We've talked about this before, right? Where we assume before we know, and the assumption leads us to interact in ways that creates the situation we're trying to avoid which is so difficult you know so I know I've talked to many people who um, have said this before where they feel like you know they got so upset or they they started jumping to conclusions um, which led to a fight the fight led to the breakup and it's like if they never jumped to those conclusions things might have looked differently and so um, you know self-awareness you know I talk about it all the time is, is one of the most important things to be able to practice to avoid you know um having having instances occur that maybe we could have otherwise avoided with that self-awareness in place now at the end of the day this is really all about self-preservation we're animals so we're always seeking to preserve ourselves now it's not that we are in danger of and fear for our lives however what used to be fear of our, our lives and, you know, if we were cave people or whatever the case may be or in jungles and whatnot, <laughs> trying not to get stomped by mammoths. Um, now that we live cushy lives where we have air conditioning and, um, you know, cars and we're fairly safe physically, the threats have turned emotional. So our threat detection gets uh, heightened in our relationships based on our attachment um, experiences. So... Um, because our past experiences create this filter that that fuzzes our present experiences at times, we have to know how to maneuver through those situations. If you feel like this might play a role in your relationships or with work even, it could be in your professional career as well as personal relationships, then how can you kind of create roadblocks or obstacles between you and the reaction that feels like it's visceral and necessary um, in order to protect yourself how can you replace some of the ways that you have had a habit of responding with new more productive and helpful healthy ways and so you have to sit with yourself to take the time to figure out what that would look like I always refer to it um you know, when you get a flat tire, you can't keep driving on the flat. And you also have to take the tire off, but you can't just drive on the wheel. So you have to replace the tire in order to keep driving. You have to replace uh, an old habit with a new one so that you don't revert or do more damage by not having um, anything in place, if that makes sense. So... You want to be vigilant. This doesn't mean that you swing to the other side where you are just not keeping an eye out for how things present and, um, you know, that threat detection. But you want it to be in a happy medium kind of place. What would a secure person do? That's what I say. Think to yourself, how would a secure person respond in this situation? If you know anyone that you think is more secure, um and has an easier time with rejection, maybe you talk to them and see what they say they would do in in your situation and just really being able to do your own work, getting solid and feeling um, worthy and valuable by yourself is going to lead to less fear of rejection because then you know that you are enough and that, you know, maybe it's not about you, maybe it's about the other person, right? So making sure to do your own work is key. 
Now, um, your individual circumstances as you were growing up, um, that might be a part of the work that you do to help to resolve and manage so that you're not using an old lens for new relationships. And there are so many, I always urge everyone, do your research. If you feel like, oh, okay, that, you know, that rejection piece sounds like it's for me. Start to read up on that. Start to find some books, some podcasts, some information that helps you to learn more about how to manage this in your life so that it doesn't have to continue to get in your way. I wanted to make sure that I jumped on here and really helped to scratch the surface of this topic like I always do. Um, The point is to get as much information out for you to know what path you need to start leading down for greater deeper healing i want to take a moment to thank um let's see rvst 100 i want to say that right um which says can just be my therapist oh i wish i could i just discovered this podcast last week and it's been a very insightful i'm learning about attachment styles which i never knew affected us this much i'm learning how to be a better and more financially stable person. It's all done in a very gentle manner and in bite-sized episodes, which has been very pleasant and unexpectedly life-changing. The gems are truly precious and come in small enough chunks that even the impatient ones in my life manage to listen and learn something. Great work. I'm supporting you. Well, thank you for listening and sharing. That, That means a lot. Um... I can't be your therapist, but I can be your coach. So make sure to reach out. If y'all have not heard yet, I do have a coaching program that I recently launched. And it's my way of continuing to give back and use the skills that I've learned over the years to support and help our community grow and move forward. The funny thing is actually that I started coaching before I started counseling. So um, there's that. I was a coach starting 2013. Um... And so I have over seven years of experience in working with clients directly one-to-one, probably over, probably anywhere between like five to 10,000 direct hours at this point. So everything that I'm using to work with clients is battle-tested, evidence-based to make sure that my clients get results and hit the goals that they set out for themselves with my support. So if you want to learn more about that, please feel free to reach out to me by emailing info, I-N-F-O, at wamalawellness.com. So that's info at wamalawellness.com. Again, I appreciate you and I'm supporting you from afar. And I'll talk to you next time, Gems. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.